0: Hallelujah. While you're standing, let's make a confession of faith. Say with me, this is the day the Lord has made. I rejoice and I'm glad in it. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives by faith in me. His word dwells in me richly. So I'm able to say, I'm blessed, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I've been set free. Sickness can't dwell in me. The number of my days he will fulfill. Sin cannot dominate me because the seed of God's word lives in me. And I boldly, confess, I boldly confess, Jesus Christ is my Lord. I believe he's risen from the dead. I'm a new creation in Christ. And by faith I have the abundant life. And the victory he provides. Therefore no weapon forged against me will prosper. I'm more than a conqueror because God loves me. Greater is he that is in me. No, no, no. You say, I say, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ. He strengthens me. As the redeemed of the Lord, I say so. Come on, say so, say so. Hallelujah. 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 Father, thank you for your word. That's a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. Thank you that the entrance of your word gives light. We determine to walk in the light as you're in the light and have fellowship with one another knowing that the blood of Jesus Christ, your son, cleanses us from all sin. Thank you for living big in me today, for speaking through these lips of clay, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and for anointing our ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking unto the church, and anointing our hearts to believe and receive this your engrafted word, which is able to save our souls and build us up and Give us the inheritance that belongs to all who are sanctified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands again. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the music ministry, the worship ministry in this house. Hallelujah. One of the things that my wife and I did um, as uh, we didn't uh, of course we had a lot of children and um, uh, for you that don't know my wife and I have uh, eight children they were born boy girl boy boy girl boy boy girl and um, and as you can imagine Siblings fight with one another. And one of the things that we did not do is that they didn't get dessert at every meal. And uh, dessert was a special something. And uh, so when we did have dessert, uh, they had to say a scripture or they didn't get dessert. And you couldn't recite a scripture that had already been recited. And you had to say the scripture from memory. And um, so uh, we would always start with the oldest and go down to the youngest. And um, if Andy, the oldest, had been fighting with his younger brother, Matthew, what he would do in getting back to his brother is that he would recite a scripture that he knew Matthew knew. In fact, it was the only scripture Matthew knew. <laughs> and he would recite a scripture from the book that bears his name, chapter 7, verse 14, straight as the gate narrows the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. And um, so if Andy was upset with Matthew, Andy would recite Matthew's scripture. And as soon as I heard him recite Matthew's scripture, I knew there was conflict between them. And <laughs> I could see Matty, you know, like this. Knowing he wasn't going to get dessert that day. And of course, I had to not give him dessert. Though I wanted to give him dessert along with his other siblings. And um, so I had to teach Matthew a new scripture. And his response as a toddler was, Oh, Andy's smarter than me, and you know it's easy. He knows other scripture. I only know one. And so I taught him uh, John chapter eleven, the shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept. <laughs> and so I took Maddie to the to side, to took him aside, and said, "I'm going to teach you a scripture." And he, he complained, it took me a while to get that scripture and then memorize it. And I said, well, the, you, once I say this scripture to you, you'll know it forever. And so I said, say with me, Jesus wept. He looked at me, he said, that's a scripture. <laughs> and the next time he and Andy fell out on the basketball court, Andy said, straight as the gate, now is the way that leads the leads of life, and few there be that find it. Matty just sat there. When it came time for him to say it, he said, Jesus wept. And Andy, because of his anger with his brother, said, that's not a scripture. And I had to say, yes, it is. <laughs> Amen. Well, that passage points out the two ways. Uh, one of the verses that's right there says, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. but straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. And so the Bible in Matthew chapter seven outlines these two broad these two specific ways. One is a broad way, many that go in following the ways of the world and are lost. And then there is that scripture that speaks about the believers. It says the way is straight, the way the gate is narrow, and few there be that find it. Now there are some things that you won't get if you don't look for it. Amen, amen. You have to look for it. I'm a runner, and uh, I would run around Franklin Park. And uh, if I was feeling really good, I would run around a couple of times. If I was really good, I'd run around three times. And it would take a while to run around this park. It was uh, two to two and a half miles around, and um, And when I ran around the one time, I got back to my car and I looked for my keys. When I looked inside the car, they were still in the ignition. And I had locked my keys into the car. So then I decided I'll run around the second time and look for something. That could help me break into my own car. And I found several things. And I was able with a hanger or whatever I used. I can't remember it was so long ago. That I broke into my own car. And I thought to myself. Those things that were there. Were there when I ran around the first time. But I never saw them until I ran around the second time. And the only reason I saw them. Is because I went looking for those things you need to look for some things that can help you minister to others. Look for those experiences that you have that can minister life to someone else and help them to see what they would not see apart from. Amen. um, I've got a scripture that the Lord gave me to minister to you this morning. It wasn't from Matthew chapter seven, but Before I give you a a poem that will lead you to the text that I'm going to share, I wanted you to see that there are the two ways that are outlined in Matthew chapter seven, the broad way that leads to destruction and the narrow way that leads to life. But I recognize that the narrow way that leads to life also has two ways. There is the way of salvation that stops at knowing you were saved. And there are many that go into that way. They are believers. They're saved by grace through faith and that not of themselves. It's a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And I'm not trying to unsave anybody. But those persons don't experience the fullness of the abundant life that Jesus promised. They don't experience the prosperity, the healing, the deliverances, the... uh, just the joy that comes from knowing you're in the center of the will of God and you're pursuing God's plan for your life amen and uh, uh you get there by seeking it with all of your heart uh, those that seek the kingdom and his righteousness yeah. God has a special benefit and blessing on the lives of those that do that. And it reminds me of the poem by Robert Frost where he said, two roads diverged in the yellow wood and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler, long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the greater claim, though it was grassy and wanting where, though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on the way to way, I doubted if I would ever get back. I said, I'll be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence two roads diverged in a wood and i i took the one less traveled by <laughs> and that's made all the difference the road less traveled by is not just a road where you get saved but the road where you know you're saved and you pursue the kingdom to be used of God to save others. Amen. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, we have uh, when I took the book of Romans as a course in Bible school. um, These verses were, were given as the key verses to this New Testament book. We were also told that the book of Romans was Paul's magnum opus. That's just a fancy phrase for this was the book of, it was his crowning achievement uh, of all of the books that he, that he wrote. This one was the greatest of all of the letters. Verses 16 and 17 of Romans chapter one, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew. Then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Bow your head. Pray this prayer. It's from a hymn. Close your eyes. Pray this. Open my eyes. eyes, That I may see. see. Glimpses of truth. truth. Thou hast for me. me. Place 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 in my hand. The wonderful key that will unlock and set me free. Silently now, I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes. Illumine me, Spirit divine. In Jesus' name, amen. One little boy was sitting in the congregation, and uh, and his father was sitting beside him, and uh, and the little boy was just full of questions, and when the pastor got to the pulpit, he bowed his head, and, and he said, and his boy said, what, what, what's he going to do now, dad? He said, well, he's going to pray. He's getting ready to preach, and he's going to pray before the message. He said, oh, okay, okay, uh, and then after he uh, finished praying, then he took his text, and he read that the text, just like I've read this passage of scripture. And he said, well, what, well, why did why did he read that? He said, well, that's the foundation of the message that he's going to bring. And he's sharing that with the congregation so they could read along with him and uh, and see where he's gonna preach. And then after he had read the message, um, the, the passage, he took his watch off and he laid it on the podium. And little boy said, why, why did he do that? Dad, he said, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Amen. He wasn't going to keep time because he going to go beyond what time he's been <laughs> Paul began by saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, You you, want to be someone like Paul who's not ashamed of the gospel in the sense that you're afraid to share the truth that you know with people that are in your life. Uh, There's a power in the gospel. He goes on to say it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes what is the gospel some would say it's there in John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life the next verse for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved now The giving of Christ for the salvation of the world is there, but we're not told exactly what that means. I mean, the cross is not mentioned, but we understand that that's a part of, it's it's like a, a charismatic statement. It's a kernel of truth that is used to point people to the gospel. It used to be that if you said John 3.16, everybody knew what it was. Campus Crusade for Christ went to a football stadium and had painted John 3.16 on a huge sheet and hung it over the balcony so that everyone in the stadium could see it. John 3 colon 16 and then they positioned people that were uh, a part of Campus Crusade for Christ that stood at all of the exits with a clipboard and as people exited they asked them did you see the the sign that was draped over the balcony And most everyone said, yes, yes, I saw it. What was that? John 3.16. And they were amazed that more than half the people had absolutely no clue that that John 3.16 was referencing a passage of scripture. Scripture. One brother didn't know, and he made a guess. He said, "I think it's a men's room on the third floor." <laughs> John, I'm going to the John 3,16. For me, the most powerful scripture that defines the gospel is not John 3.16. I mean, John 3.16 is good, but a better passage is a little bit longer. It's, it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The first four verses. Paul says, moreover, I delivered unto you the gospel which you have received and which you now stand, to the which also you'll be saved if you hold on to what I've taught you, lest you've believed in vain. Let me just stop there. He said, I delivered unto you the gospel. I gave you that message, that good news. He said, you received it, and you're now standing in it, and you'll also be saved if you hold on to what I have delivered to you, lest you have believed in vain. So much is there. You know, some people say, well, once you believe, you'll always believe, and uh, you're eternally secure, and you can never be lost. But that, that doesn't sound like Paul is saying that. Because it is possible to believe in vain. If you don't hold on to that truth. Does that make sense? Then in verses three and four, he outlines the gospel. He said, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, which means he sure enough died. He was sure enough dead. Come on, say sure enough. enough. (laughs) He was dead. You know, this idea that he swooned away and acted like he was dead. And then the coolness of the tomb revived him. And he walked on nail pierced feet. <laughs> and showed himself to his disciples. Give me a break. Come on, say break. break. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. They yes. he him him to the cross. He was buried according to the scriptures. And he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And it goes on in the next verses to say, he was seen by this one and that one. Those three, those two verses, verses three and four of First Corinthians chapter 15 are called the kerygma because it outlines the gospel. In those three points, Jesus died, he was buried, he rose. Song poet said, Up from the grave he arose a mighty conqueror or his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever for the saints to with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah! Christ arose. So Paul says in this Key verse of Romans. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. He says the gospel itself is the power of God. Power. The word for power there is the Greek word dunamis from which we get our English word dynamite. Whenever I think about the word dynamite, I think about JJ. (laughs) On good times. Dynamite! Sorry, if you never saw good times. (laughs) But dynamite, Power is explosive power. So the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. It's not just for every, It's not everyone. Because everyone doesn't believe. Salvation. Now what is salvation? I, I, I outline salvation in with five points, and you can write these down. I I encourage you to write it down. Kind of reminds me of the story of an older couple that were in bed together and they were watching television and uh, the husband got up, put on his slippers, and the wife said to him, you're going downstairs? And he said, yes. She said, well, in the refrigerator uh, is some ice cream Would you put some of the ice cream into a bowl? And in the cabinet, there's some chocolate syrup. Would you squeeze a little bit of the chocolate syrup over the ice cream and bring it back when you come back? And he said, you got it, babe. Bowl of ice cream, chocolate syrup. She said to him, well, now write it down. (laughs) Because we know how forgetful you are. He said, Babe, how am I going to forget it? Bowl of ice cream, chocolate salad, bowl of ice cream, chocolate salad, bowl of ice cream, chocolate salad. I got it. She said, Humor me. Write it down. Because we know how forgetful you are. <laughs> of course, he didn't write it down. Being a man's man, off he went. He was gone for a little bit because he got something for himself. And when he came back, he handed her. A bologna sandwich. <laughs> Reluctantly, she took the bologna sandwich from him. Examining it, she said, I told you to write it down. You forgot the mustard. <laughs> So, look at somebody and say, write it down because we know how forgetful you are. <laughs> All right, number one, number one, uh, salvation. I believe in full gospel salvation, full gospel, full abundant life, full benefit, blessing. Number one, we're forgiven. We have, according to Ephesians 1, 7, redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of his grace. So that when you come to Christ, you're forgiven. Forgiven. From all of my sins, past, present, future, I'm saved by grace through faith. But then, not only am I forgiven, but number two, I'm delivered. You're delivered, Colossians says, from the authority of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. So you come out of darkness into his marvelous light, deliverance. Deliverance from all of the stuff, all of the craziness of your past that held you captive. Jesus came to set the captive free. Number three, you're delivered from sickness, disease, and infirmity. Come on, say the three. From sickness, disease, and infirmity. See, healing is the children's bread. Jesus said that to the Canaanite woman, some Translations called the Syrophoenician woman. She said, cried out to David, My daughter is grievously vexed and tormented by a demon. Would you come and heal her? And Jesus, in response to her, said, It's not meet for me to give that which belongs to the children, the children's bread to the dogs. You know, if that had been if that had been some of us yeah i could hear it, i could hear it now who are you calling the dog right. <laughs> but this woman was a wise woman who had a daughter that needed healing and it didn't matter she said, she said, all right, all right, if I'm a dog, but you know what? Even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. I don't need a whole lot. Just give me a crumb. Jesus said, hey, this is not in the text, but I believe he said, gone, girl. <laughs> Great is your faith. Go on home, your daughter's healed. Just going home. And she was healed that very hour. Glory to God. All right, what's what's number one? You are what? Yeah. Number two? Deliberate. Yeah. Number three. He, healed. 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 Yeah, you heal. Healing is the children's bread. You heal from sickness, disease, infirmity. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. He forgives all of my sins. He heals not just some, all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle's. I, I I lift weights and uh, I lifted weights improperly and I hurt my shoulder so that it I couldn't lift my hand above my head because my shoulder hurt so bad and uh, I figured it was the rotary cup and it was hurt so bad so I I was at my past my bishop's conference and outside of his conference uh, where the Services are held where we stayed in a hotel. Services were held in this church, but we—I was in a hotel that was uh, uh, across the street. Well, not across the street, across a road that ran around the uh, the mall area, and you could walk around that road. And uh, so I—I I got up, you know, I went there with with my jogging stuff, and I had my my, my sneakers, and I was walking, not jogging, but walking around the outside of the mall. And while I was walking, I was praying, oh God. My shoulder hurts me so bad that if I just reach out, I'm wincing in pain. I can't raise my hand above my head. And so, I started to quote Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. So I'm just walking. Bless the Lord. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not complaining, Lord. My shoulder hurts, but I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm just going to praise you. So I started praising him with that psalm. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And then I started to say the benefits. He forgives all of my sins. He heals all of my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. And, then, and I remember, you know, if I hurt myself playing ball or whatever, sliding in the home plate or whatever, all I had to do when I got up is to shake it off. Uh, It didn't stay. And I mean, my shoulder had been hurting uh, for weeks. I said, Lord, I stopped. I said, oh, my God. So that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I said, Lord, that's what I need. I need my youth to be renewed because I was older and that pain didn't leave me like it did in my youth. And I, I forgot about it. I got into the service that that day. And a prophet by the name of Mark Sharona. I was walking around the mall, the road around the mall by myself. No one knew what I had prayed but God. Yes. And when Mark came to preach that morning. <clears throat> He said, Bishop Thompson, stand up. And I stood. He said, The Lord told me to tell you, He's going to renew your youth like the eagles. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even remember when the misery left my shoulder, but it's gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Forgiveness. Deliverance. Healing. Number four. Part of salvation. The baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's something you have to seek. It's something you have to ask for. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? As Luke 11, 13 It's important for you to want the Holy Spirit. And while I believe that there is a manifestation of speaking in tongues that goes with that benefit, that blessing of the Holy Spirit. You know what? I'm not concerned so much for the tongues as I am with recognizing the Lord's presence in your life to guide you, to direct your steps. And. It needs to be, I know some Pentecostals that spoke in tongues once, (laughs) but the spirit is not leading them. So it needs to be that you're seeking the Lord's face as there in, in, in Ephesians chapter five with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that you get up, you're making melody in your heart to God. You are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. So that you need to be filled every day. Not with debauchery, but being filled with the spirit. So the first one, what is it? What's the first one now? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. What's the second? What's number three? Healing. Healing. Glory to God. Number four? Yeah. And it's, you need to be filled every day. One of the things that D.L. Moody would say to different ones, somewhere in his messages, he would end by saying, and be filled with the spirit. And someone who was taking him back and forth to where he was staying as he was preaching each night being picked up and brought and then taken back. He said, I notice that somewhere in your message, you always are telling us to be filled with the spirit. He said, sir, can I ask you, why do you keep telling us that? And D.L. Moody said, he said, son, I've recognized over the years that the saints leak. (laughs) Come on, tell, tell somebody, we know that you leak. So the filling that you received yesterday, you gotta get some more today. See, yesterday's blessing was for yesterday. You need to get more for today. Amen. Be filled. Actually, in the Greek, it the the, the verb is the imperative. It's best translated, be being filled. Amen. 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 All right, uh, let's go through them again. Number one, Forgiveness. number two, yeah. number three, Deliver. healing, number four, yes, number five, prosperity. The Lord said through John in 3 John. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. See, most people, when they think of the word prosper, prosperity, they think financially. Of course, that's included, but I want to prosper in every area of my life. I want to prosper in my, in my health. I, mean, I, love, I love to go to the doctor and he takes my blood pressure and when it's normal, he said, how old are you now? I tell him, 72. For y'all, I'm just 39. But, <laughs> but you know, hey, I, I want to prosper physically. Yes. I want to prosper relationally. Yes. Yeah, My wife loves me. She loves the ground that I walk on. She can't keep her hands off me, and I just, I just let her. See, I want to prosper in every area of my life. I want to prosper in ministry. Yes, Lord Jesus, please. I want to prosper in my ability to discipline myself. It's yes, one of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. The last one is self-control. Amen. Then get number eight, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Amen. salvation. Not ashamed of the gospel for it's power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Come on, say, believes. Uh, you know, there's different kind of believing. There's head believing. Oh, Bishop, Bishop Granham talked about what, what he made the distinction between yeah, your brain And your mind, you want to have the kind of believing that's connected to your faith. Did you know that the two words in the English, though different, are the same word in the Greek language of the New Testament? The word for faith is the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, if you want to spell it with with our english characters the word for believe is the verb pistuo pistis is a noun pistuo is a verb p i s t e u o pistuo they're the same word the p i s t is the root of both words to believe is to have faith to have faith Is to believe. The problem with the believing side of the equation is that people can say they believe who really don't. So believing is like the Shema, the Shema is the Old Testament confession that the Israelites made. It's found in chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. So if you're going to believe like the Bible means, believing with all of your heart, you got to believe with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. It reminds me of a story of, that Corrie Ten Boone wrote in one of her books uh, where she talked about the fact that they were, she was in a quiet, secret prayer meeting in a basement house. And two SS guards came in with machine guns, lined everybody up against the wall. And they said, if you are here, and you really don't believe on the Lord Jesus for the salvation of your life, we'll let you leave. And amazingly, a few of them that were in the prayer meeting stuck their Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, Catholic Church of God fingers in the air Amen. and excuse themselves. Excuse me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and after they left, Corrie Tinboon Boone said, the SS guards dropped their weapons and said, don't be afraid. Jesus. We're believers too. Come on. We just don't choose to worship with hypocrites.'" <laughs> so you should believe enough to be willing to die uh, there was a tightrope walker back at the turn of the century from 18 to 19 uh, that century not 19 to 20 but uh, this man was phenomenal uh, he stretched a tightrope from the United States side of the Niagara Falls to the Canadian side. And he would juggle. He would stand in the middle of the tightrope. He would juggle. I mean, he would do all kinds of acrobatic things. He sat down on the tightrope and ate his lunch. I mean, come on. This guy was, he was off the chain. Phenomenal. He even put a huge sack in a wheelbarrow and wheeled the barrel across to the other side and and turned around and came all the way back. And the crowds on both sides, Canadian and United States, cheered. And we're told that on one occasion, he said to both crowds, Do you believe that I can put a man in the wheelbarrow and wheel him across and come back in total safety? And the crowds on both sides with one sonorous cry said, Yes! His next words were telling, Who will get in the wheelbarrow? Of course, nobody moved. See, there are a lot of folk who believe with their heads, but not with their hearts. Of course, his manager got into the wheelbarrow, he went across and came back. See, faith is believing. Believing is faith. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for the salvation of everyone. Everyone, male, female, black, white, old, young. Of everyone who believes. He said to the Jew and also to the Gentile. Then he goes on to say, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. <laughs> See, righteousness speaks about right standing. First, understand that righteousness is vertical. Meaning, I need to prioritize my own relationship. I can't preach or teach about what I don't have. Teach So I need to be justified by faith. I need to be declared righteous, right with God by faith. I need to have peace with God, Romans 5 and 1, by faith myself. The just shall live by faith. Do you know that there are four passages of scripture in the Bible where that phrase is, the just shall live by faith? The first one to said is Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. You know what Habakkuk said. I will stand at my watch, station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me. What answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord said, write the revelation down. Write the vision down. Make it plain upon tablets so that he that reads can run. For the revelation is for an appointed time that speaks of the end and will not prove false, though it linger. Wait for it it will surely come to pass and will not delay. In the end of verse four, he says, but my righteous ones will live by their faith. Uh, and the Old Testament passage uh, says their faith. If you're a righteous one, you live by your faith. You, you can't live by my faith. You have to live by your. You got to develop your own belief system. It's got to be real to you. The woman with the issue of blood said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And when she touched the hem of his garment, listen, Jesus stopped. He said, who touched me? And the disciples were amazed because the crowds were pressing against him. And everybody was trying to touch him. I mean, he was being touched, pushed, and prodded. But this woman touched him in faith. And when she touched him in faith, virtue left his body. And he said, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I've been touched by a lot of folk, but somebody really touched me. They got something from me. And he turned about and he saw the woman. You know the story. I mean, it's it's there in your Bible. And uh, I'm not going to tell you where it's found. It's there in your Bible. Find it. Amen. 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 His faith didn't save her. His faith didn't heal her. Right. He said, "Daughter, your faith. Yes. Your faith yes. has dried up that issue." Of Hmm. Power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, not just the Jew, but also for the Gentile, for therein is a righteousness from God. Now understand this about righteousness: that righteousness is vertical, I'm right with God, but then it's also horizontal. We're told to seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amos says in chapter 5, verse 24, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a never-ending stream. You see, there is a righteousness that is horizontal. That as I walk as a kingdom person in the world of men, God expects the righteous walk that I have with him to infect those that are around me. That's how the world becomes a better place. It's part of God's plan you, if you're not trying to affect or infect in a positive, powerful way, the people that are in your life, you're missing the higher calling of what it really means to be a disciple of Christ. Does that make sense? A righteousness from God is revealed. It's revelation. It's got to be seen by you. That's why he saved you. That's why he healed you. That's why he delivered you. He wants you to be a testimony. Not just talk in some kind of esoteric way about stuff that's in the Bible, but to talk experientially. I can testify to what I've experienced, to what I've seen, to what has happened to me. I remember the day my dungeon shook and my chains fell off. (laughs) And when you really experience that earth-shaking salvation experience where righteousness is infused within you, it opens your eyes to see that it's not in everybody. Come on. My mother went to church every Sunday. When I got home, she had already gotten back from her church because I was in the church of God. You know, service in the church of God lasts forever. <laughs> she was in a one-hour service, and when she got home, she was preparing Sunday dinner, and her back was to me when I walked into the kitchen. And I, I stood in the, behind her, and I said, Ma. Ma. She said, yes, yes, honey. She didn't even turn around. She just looked over her shoulder. Yes, yes, honey. I said, Ma, I got I got saved today. She said, oh, that's nice, dear. Oh, that's nice, dear. She didn't hug me. She didn't. I mean, I expected her to say, ow! <laughs> Woo! I wanted to see a dance. Do you know? I was a sinner. Oh, my God. I drove drunk. I, I drunk a half of a fifth of a hundred proof alcohol. And I was supposed to spend the night where we were. But the clown that was with me said, eh, that's, that's, that's good. He had drunk the other half. He said, let's get out of this. He said a cuss word. Let's get out of this whatever. (laughs) And we we were a good 45 minutes outside of the city because we were working at the variety club camp for handicapped children and it was outside of the city and we had to drive into the city and so i jumped on route 73 and then this clown he drunk i'm drunk he said well let's see what this tub will do and at the prompting of an idiot I had a 1950 Buick Special, oh Lord. With no plastic in that car, that car was steel. I, hit, I floored that bad boy on Route 673, heading toward Philadelphia, and I mean, when that thing got going, before there was any such thing as power brakes, When the road made a 90 degree right turn under a stone bridge, Jesus. and then a 90 degree left turn, so I had to go and turn quick. And and I'm coming to the end. I was, oh, oh. and and Alvin, he was he grabbing the seat. Oh, you know, no seat belts, no nothing. Oh, <laughs> ooh, and I'm, i I'm I'm pumping. You know, oh, I was not even saved enough enough in church to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I made the right turn middle of the night. Made the left turn by the grace of God. Once we were going straight after the right and then the left. Alvin said, hey, man. I think we better slow down, huh? Yeah. (laughs) You're looking at someone who should have been a dead man, but for the grace of God. Hey. Yes. A righteousness is revealed. I saw that my mother was not saved. She wasn't a believer. Good mother. I loved her. She never heard me preach. But when I went home to run a revival for Brother Shepard, I said, you guys don't have to put me up in a hotel. I'll stay home with my parents. Stay in my own bedroom. They're empty nesters. Hey, when I got home. My mother said, "You, yeah, what, 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 what brings you?" I said, oh, "I'm preaching for Brother shepherd but I get a chance to see you guys." My mother said, "Oh, you're preaching for Brother shepherd Because my mother brought up in the Church of God, she said, "I'll go to service with you. I'll go to church with you." it's okay, ma. I said, "Dad, you, you wanna go?" My dad said, "No, son. You, you and your mother go ahead. I'll, I'll keep the home fires burning." <laughs> And uh, Like he had to chop some wood. <laughs> My mother and I are very close. I'm a mama's boy, and I'm not ashamed to tell you. And we talked all the way to church. I preached, ministered around the altar, pronounced a benediction. My mother was there. She was quiet driving home. When she got home, she went into her bedroom, got ready for bed, and she came to my room, knocked on the door. She came in, sat on the bed. She looked at me and she said, you're a man of God. Uh, she, now she knew what a man of God was because her father was a man of God. She said, I can't believe I gave birth to you. What she was saying is that Not the way I'm living. How in the world did I give birth to you and you're a man of God? Then she said these words that were telling, and I never heard them before. She said, Oh my God. If she was younger, she'd have said, (laughs) OMG. See, there are some things, there's some things that you do just because you're young. Or at least you're trying to be young. You're trying to act like you're young. For example, you know, I don't wear the kind of socks that most people wear. I wear young socks. (laughs) (laughs) She said these words. She said, oh my God, my mother prayed for you. Then she told me the story about how, on several occasions, she was awakened as a toddler to her mother's early morning prayers. And she was one of nine children and her mother would start with the oldest and if they were married, she prayed for the spouse. If they had children, she prayed for the spouses as well. When she got back to down to the ones that were still home, my mother was amazed that her mother prayed for her, prayed for her husband, though she was a virgin and not married, prayed for her children Though she had no children. Ah! So now when I sing the song, somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time to pray for me. I'm so glad they prayed. They prayed. I'm so glad she prayed for me. My grandmother prayed for me. Come on, clap your hands. A righteousness from God is revealed. That is by faith from first to last. And then the passage. For the righteous shall live by their faith. Faith is believing God with all of your heart. There's no salvation apart from faith. God loved you enough to open a door for salvation to those who would believe enough to walk through it and experience the abundant life that he promised. And in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to receive the truth of the gospel into your own life. And if you were here, and would you bow your head and close your eyes in reverence to God the Father, you that are believers, would you begin to pray? Because there may be some here that are not believers that need to make a serious commitment of their lives to the Lordship of Christ. And then there may be some folk, even as my brother is, is praying, playing quietly in the background, There may be some that are here that are saying, you know, I'm a believer, but I'm really not sold out. I really don't have all of what God has for me. I want to surrender my life so completely, so fully that I get everything. I'm just not forgiven, but I'm delivered. I'm healed. I'm filled with God's spirit. I, I'm focused on the center of his will, being a part of the army of God. If that's you, while your head's about and your eyes are closed and you're saying, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life in such a way that I'm transformed, coming and going. And I get around anybody, they'll know Jesus has made a difference in my life. Is that you? While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you just stand to your feet right where you are? Just stand. I want to be sure. Sure. I want to make. I want to make the kind of faith statement that will be echoed in hell and be known in heaven. Are there others that will stand and say, yeah? Hey, I'm a part of the church here. You may be a part of the church and the saints may say, yeah, you're a believer, but you're You're saying, you know what? I want to really be. I want it to be true that when I step out into the world to do what I do, whether you're in school or whether you're at a job or whether you're uh, in a business that you started, that, that all of heaven knows. You're a believer. You're a mature believer. That you're for real. That though the devil may come against you one way, he flees seven ways. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.